Hi, I'm Josh Shearer and I serve as the lead pastor here at Gawley Uniting Church. I wanted to personally thank you for joining us today. We exist as a church to see lives transformed with the good news of Jesus. Now, I hope this service inspires you. I hope it blesses you. I hope it builds your faith and I hope it gives you perspective that God is moving in your life. If there is anything that we can do to help you, don't be afraid to reach out on social media or email our office. Thanks for joining us again and let's get to the service. Today we're in part two of our series, Paper Walls, moving beyond the excuses that hold you back. As we heard from Andy online last week, there are things that we should carry forward from season to season and from year to year, and then there are some things that we should leave behind. And the one thing that we should leave behind is all of the excuses that we have. Now, I'm sure that uh, if you grew up in in any sort of religious environment or you've ever spoken to a Christian person, you'll have heard that old saying, God loves you just the way you are. Christians have always believed this because in the New Testament... In John 3.16, it tells us without any hassle at all, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And from this we can assume that if God sent Jesus into the world To save us, he must love us, warts and all. And so that little saying, you know, God loves you just the way you are, is true. But that's only half of the story. It's only half of the story. We're also told that God is our heavenly father and that God is like a good parent. And any good parent, if you have been a parent, usually wants the best for their children and is even willing to hurt their child's feelings if it's going to teach and protect them. This is so that they can move on in life and become everything they have the potential to be. If a parent keeps making excuses for their child's poor eating habits then, you know, they're probably not going to live a particularly healthy life or if their behaviour is unacceptable. I don't think I need to tell you what sort of person that child may grow into as a result of that kind of upbringing. Making excuses doesn't help us at all. And that brings us to the actual topic of moving beyond excuses that we're going to look at today. The why and the how they hold us back in our Christian lives. These jolly old things called excuses. Excuses are strange things. As we heard last week, they are kind of like paper walls. From a distance, 
they seem like actual obstacles that keep us from doing things, they keep us from moving forward. They cause us to lose all kinds of opportunities. They are so real, then, that we often refer to them as the reasons for not doing what we should. There's a very fine line between an excuse and a reason. One disguises itself as the other. And then over time, in our conversations, we come to believe that our excuses sound like reasons, and so therefore that's our becauses. We didn't do it because. And we've convinced ourselves that we are absolutely correct. I did that because, um, I, I can't do that because, and every single one of us has a list of these becauses, probably as long as both of my arms, I'm sure you know what your excuses are. You haven't done your exercises. Oh, it's because uh, I didn't get out of bed in time this morning. Um, Oh, well, you know, the specialist didn't give me my exercises when I had my hip done, so I couldn't do anything, could I? Um, you know, and well, why don't you eat more vegetables? Oh, well, it's because I get indigestion from that, and, you know, and, and, and so it goes on. Why haven't you? Why do you always? Why don't you start? Why don't you finish? Why did you quit? Why don't you just tell her? Why don't you just tell him? Why don't you just forgive them? And so that list goes on and on and on. And whenever these questions come up, we never say, well, I don't know. I really don't know. But it's because we're rational people, we have a reason. And our reason always begins with that word, because. And so we have this long list of becauses. But the truth is our becauses aren't always the cause. There's a difference between a because and an actual cause. Our becauses are the actual excuses. They are simply put just excuses. The becauses that you know, we go to to justify our actions are actually those paper walls. I think you can see them on the screen. Um, paper walls constructed of things that people have told us, perhaps of things that people have called us, things that people have labelled us, things that we choose to make us, ourselves, feel okay because of the action that we have taken or the action that we don't want to undertake. And it's also possible that our reasons, our reasons be, uh, that, and that our causes when it comes to our reactions and our responses and the fact that we procrastinate about everything, that certain opportunities we just say no to over and over and over again are also the paper walls that we have created. Now, 
It's me and it's you and you alone. You are the only person who can answer the, and the reason that you should answer the question about these paper walls that you've created is we should all answer it so that we need to know what to do. And there are several reasons that we need to know what to do. We need to know if our becauses are paper walls because other people do know. We're not fooling anybody else. They can see through our excuses. Other people know when we're trying to pass off an excuse as a reason. They see through it. And if you're truthful with yourself, you know that they see through it. And it's because we see through it when other people do that to us. Oh, I haven't got the time. You know, I, I, I really can't help you with doing that activity today. And then they see you down the street five minutes later doing nothing but standing on the corner talking to Joe Blow. Um, lame excuses. We all make them. And we start at a very, very early age. You know, as a teacher, I've heard some fantastic excuses. No, I didn't do my homework because mum wouldn't sharpen my pencil for a year seven child. I mean, you know, get over it. <laughs> You've got things in the house, sharpen your pencil, you know, and, oh, you know, I'm, I'm late for school this morning because dad was driving too slow. He wouldn't drive properly this morning. Don't know why, but he just wouldn't drive properly. And, you know, that's at a very early age. And we get better and better and better and better as we get older with making excuses that we think are actually more plausible than our reasons. And the other important thing to know is that people who make excuses, and that's us, when we make excuses, we can sometimes really make a difference. I'm sure that most of us would like to think that somehow we have contributed and made a difference to those around us, that we haven't cowered and, and lived behind some story that was not really true, but which we considered to be a real obstacle, a real reason. And another reason why we should face up to the fact that we often create these imaginary obstacles and shouldn't is as a Christian, as a Jesus follower, there's a relationship between our ability to follow Jesus and our willingness to acknowledge our excuses, our paper walls. You see, over time, excuses take over. They become our bosses. They tell us what we can do and what we can't do, what we can try what we shouldn't try, who we should approach, who we shouldn't approach, and so on. They completely infiltrate our lives. Our excuses become like little kings, little tyrants, little lords, so that we can't follow Jesus. Even if we're willing to, we're allowing our excuses to be the Lord of our life instead of our true Lord.
Now, if this is the situation that we find ourselves in, I ask you, doesn't it make sense that our Heavenly Father would call our bluff and say to us what we would say to our children or our good friends whom we know well and with whom we're comfortable? Hey, look, why don't you stop making all these excuses? We say it not because we're angry with them, or, but to let them know that we can see in them the potential that they have and let them know that they also have the ability to accomplish what they are sidestepping and that skirting around the issue is a cop-out on their part. As strange as it sounds, even Jesus did that very thing. He did it to his friends and to those he didn't know so well when he, he, he confronted them with making excuses. And in Luke chapter 9, verses 60 to 62, we read, He said to the other man, follow me. But he, that is the man, replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And still another guy came along and said, uh, and Jesus said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied to him, No one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. So in other words, don't make up excuses. You don't need to go back there. Now, you know, these excuses seem pretty reasonable, but don't all of our excuses seem reasonable? Isn't that the nature of an excuse? They always seem reasonable. Now, Jesus may actually sound a little bit harsh, but he is actually letting these men know, hey, you're making excuses. I'm inviting you to something big and your fear of missing out is robbing you of something. You know, on the other side of an excuse, there is so, this sort of excuse, there is something good for you, even though you don't know it. And if you don't take up the offer to and do it, you're going to look back with regret, perhaps for the rest of your life. So I'm going to be harsh with you. I'm calling you out because I don't want you to miss out. And there are other examples in the gospel where Jesus responds in what we think is perhaps quite an unchrist-like way. The parable of the servants and their master's money, sometimes known as the, you know, the parable of the talents. Read it when you go home. It's in Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30. If you know it at all, you know the third servant is absolutely full of excuses full of excuses and reasons why he buried his master's money. And through it, 
the underlying cause of it all is it actually acknowledged in the parable is one that the servant was afraid. And the consequences for the servant, Jesus tells us in that parable, after he's interrogated him, were actually pretty severe. In verse 30, Jesus says, As for this worthless servant, throw him out into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now that's pretty horrible when all he did was bury the money and have a list of excuses as long as your arm not to uh, invest the, the master's money. And Jesus says that's what, that's what should happen to him. Now, you know, before I go on, I remind you that, you know, that it was a parable. And Jesus was using it to make a point. And the point is that people who make excuses will suffer in the end. Perhaps if we look at this a little more in perspective, in a more modern perspective, weeping and gnashing of teeth would probably be a way perhaps of expressing intense frustration, disappointment, regret. So if we make excuses because there is something we don't want to do, like the servant, it may be because of fear, we may be afraid, the fear of failure, perhaps of embarrassment. Maybe even you fear success or the fear of change, the fear of loss or the fear of having to admit something you don't want to. Often, because of fear, we make an excuse to avoid a situation. Now, if and when we realise we are simply making excuses and it does, sorry, and it does not, not, goodness me, read that again properly. Now, if and when we realise we are simply making excuses and it's not really a good reason, we may find out something about ourselves that makes us uncomfortable. And finding out something about yourself that you've never heard or realised before or been willing to acknowledge can be very, very scary. However, we shouldn't be afraid of what we realise about ourselves because as a follower of Jesus, we should not fear. Jesus' most repeated command was fear not. And I'll repeat that again. Jesus' most repeated command was fear not. Be unafraid. But it is because of our fear very often that we hang back and make these excuses. If we don't hang back, there's something we could have done, something we could have accomplished. It may be something that we could have done for our family, for a friend, or for our church, and we didn't do it. See, we've used these excuses, we've made these paper walls. If you push through them, and it's pretty easy, you won't fear anything. But very often, by the time we realise it, the opportunity has come 
and gone. And we realise it's our fault and we didn't help and support. We could have done something about whatever we excused ourselves from doing. But we hid behind our reasons that weren't reasons, but becauses. And consequently, we have missed out responding and being helpful because of our fear. And it's all because, as I said a moment ago, of these paper walls that we have built. Oh, you know, the paper walls that we use to block, leaving us out and being the people God wants us to be, the people that we would like to be, just because something that is not really there. Perhaps this is why Jesus wasn't buying it when he was speaking to these people. Why he is so against excuses. Excuses that we put forward and convince ourselves are reasons. If we're not careful, we can actually excuse our life away. We can excuse our relationships. We can excuse helping others. We can even excuse our faith away because of something that has happened or been said and believing it is the reason we can become very, very incensed and offended and never show up in church again and completely give up thinking about being with our Lord. What we should fear, however, though, is the consequence of that. We should fear that missing out on who we could and should be is the main reason. If we step back and look at what Jesus has done for us, we should be afraid of missing out on what we can do and should do for the people in the world around us in showing the love of Christ through our actions. Jesus wasn't afraid and he showed his love for us. Instead, if we're going to fear something, maybe we should fear living behind our self-created and self-inflicted, excuse-ridden paper walls. Excuses, reasons and becauses that aren't legitimate rob us of our lives. And we need to remind ourselves of how Jesus would handle all of our reasons and all of our becauses. Weeping and gnashing of teeth out into the darkness. As I said, it's old-fashioned, but there are things that we can equate it with these days. Jesus loves us, and he knows our full potential, and he doesn't want us to hide behind our insecurities. And God loves us just as we are, no matter which side of the wall we are standing on. And the real good news is that God loves us too much, too much, to leave us the way we are. And so he can help. Our reasons aren't reasons. Our becauses aren't really the cause of the excuses that we make and the actions that we take. God knows better. And if we're honest, and if we're willing to face our fears 
we will know better as well. And the really, 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 really good news is God wants better for us. Let us pray together. Loving God, thank you for loving us so intensely that you want us to stop living our lives making excuses and convincing ourselves that there are good reasons to feel the way we do and good reasons for the way we act. Give us the wisdom to see through our excuses and listen and act the way Jesus would. And Lord, we pray that nobody listening today would live another unnecessary minute behind the walls that hold them back, that make us small, that rob us of our potential and rob the world around us of our potential. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen.